At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson. Now a part of the Easton Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be joined by Mark Zeno. He does a great job over here at Vison with Point Spread Saturday along with Point Spread Sunday. Does some work over there at Pickwise as well with Jared Lee Smith, the Locked On Atlanta Podcast Network. He does a great job over there, and I know that he also does a little bit of work with the military realm as well with Hazard Ground. So he's going to be joining me in the second segment. He's out there in the great state of Georgia, so we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Braves, this long win streak that they are on, if they can maintain it this weekend against the Chicago Cubs. They can look forward to their Friday matchup as well as just how they've been dealing with the Ozzy Albies injury as well, and Going to be also getting his thoughts on a better two-day likes for Friday. And in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always love answering your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one of two ways, we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at June at underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM. I mean, it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five-star review, really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Thursday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The New York Mets wind up taking two of three from the Milwaukee Brewers in their series as they polish it off with a 5-4 to four win as the Brewers wind up getting up in this game by a count of 4-1, to one, but then they were unable to hold it as they wound up having Aaron Ashby give up four runs in 
four and a third innings, and then from there, Brent Suter gives up an unearned run as Roddy Tellez wound up making an error out there in the field. Hobie Milner, five outs out of the bullpen without giving up a run. Brad Boxberger, scoreless inning as well. And for the New York Mets, all about a little bit of small ball here, along with Mark Hanna doing a very solid job. He had a home run off of Aaron Ashby, fifth home run of the season, and wound up being able to drive in a pair of runs in this one. Mets overall only two of ten with Ben in scoring position, and Tyler McGill, not a good start here. Gives up four runs over the course of three and a third innings, giving up a home run along the way to Christian Yelich, seventh home run season, but the bullpen, they went to work. Seth Lugo, two scoreless settings. Drew Smith, Edwin Diaz, they both wind up giving you a scoreless setting, and then you wind up getting one and two-thirds scoreless out of Jason Shreve as the Mets at 42-23, and 23, best record out there in the National League. A team that certainly does not have the best record out there is the Oakland A's, but anyway, we'll get an upset win over the Boston Red Sox by a count of 4-3 to three as Bob Blackburn walked the plank to a very solid start. Did give up eight hits in his five and a third innings, but just one run. A.J. Puck from there, a pair of outside the bullpen. You did have Sam Moe give up two runs, but insert by a pair of fielding errors out there at Sandy Jimenez. A four-out save in Zach Jackson. It will give you a scoreless setting in for the Boston Red Sox. You wound up having Rich Hill give up four runs, three of which were earned in five and two-thirds innings. From there, the bullpen wasn't too bad. Ryan Brazier, Ansel Robles, Tyler Danish, all give you a scoreless setting. Eta Casasadamota was able to give you not out of the bullpen. And programming alert, Lauren Campbell does a great job over at Nesson. Going to be joining me on the podcast tomorrow to take a look at this Boston Red Sox team further. And we did not know that this would happen for the Red Sox prior to that interview. 1-14 with runners in scoring positions, stranding 13 men on base. That is a big reason why. They wound up losing this game. The Philadelphia Phillies were able to put up a touchdown in the third inning against Washington Nationals as they get it done by a count of 10-1. to 1. And all seven runs in that inning were unearned. The Nationals had two outs in the inning. There wound up being an error that wound up prolonging it, and then Patrick Corbin promptly got crushed as he goes three in the third innings. Gives up nine runs, only two of which were earned, so actually makes his ERA look significantly better than what it should be, and he gave up two bombs along the way as Going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Schwarber twice off of him. It's 17th and 18th of the campaign. And then it was the first home run of the season for Yario Munoz. So that was solid for them as Philadelphia Phillies. They had Zach Wheeler give up one solo run in his seven innings of work. Josh Bell gets his eighth home run season. And for the Nationals, the bullpen wasn't too bad here. Andres Machado winds up giving you one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Iraza Maradimirez winds up giving you a scoreless inning. You did wind up having Reed Garrett give up a solo home run. That was to Mr. Munoz. So he winds up giving up that one run over the course of two innings. And then here, Adrianza, position player, gives you a scoreless inning. As for the Phillies, you wind up having a pair of scoreless innings in this one from Jose Alvarado and Michael Kelly. And for the Phillies, by the way, I believe that they have now won 11 out of their last 12 games, so they've been rock solid there. The LA Angels utilize a Mike Trout home run to be able to get it done against the Seattle Mariners. 4-1 to the final. Trout winds up going deep not once, but twice. 17th and 18th home runs of the season. Goes deep off of George Kirby the first time, and then Sergio Romo submerges his ERA as well as he gives up two runs while getting two outs to now have a 743 ERA. Ryan Barucki winds up giving you one and a third inning scoreless. Manfessa scoreless saying, and for Kirby, not a bad start here. He takes the loss, but gives up just two runs in six innings of work, giving up that home run to Mr. Trout and Joy Otani. He was on his game. Six scoreless innings. Ryan Tabera does wind up giving up a run out of the bullpen in his inning, but Aaron Luprasio Iglesias both are able to deliver a scoreless inning, and really just not a lot doing here for the Seattle Mariners on offense as Joy Otani winds up lowering his ERA to a 328 and actually had some issues on the road. None so on this night. It was a pair of bullpen games for the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. I'm sure that they're very fortunate this one did not wind up going to extras as the Yankees get it done by a count of 2-1. to one. 
Francisco Mejia, lone form of offense for the Tampa Bay Rays. He gets a solo home run, his third home run of the campaign. That winds coming off of Ryan Weber, who comes in in long relief, and he did his part. Three and two-thirds innings, giving up one run. Clark Schmidt gets the start on late notice with having Luis Severino wind up going to the IL very, very soon before this game. Three scoreless innings. Michael King was able to give you a scoreless inning, and Ron Marinaco was able to give you four outs out of the bullpen and for the Yankees. It was a walk-off shot from Anthony Rizzo, his 16th home run season. That wanted being able to get it done for them as a race. I mean, they were doing a good job with their bullpen game. Jalen Beeks, two scoreless settings. Matt Weisler, two scoreless settings. Brooks Raley, one and two-thirds innings scoreless. You'd have Ryan Thompson give up a run without getting it out. But Jason Adam, four outs out of the bullpen. Colin Pucha, scoreless settings. And then Sean Armstrong gives up that solo home run in the ninth inning. That winds up costing them the game. The Detroit Tigers costed them the game in the ninth inning as well. They wound up losing to the Walker Texas Rangers by a count of 3-1. to one. Martin Perez, by the way, gives up one run in seven innings. He has now given up two runs or fewer in 10 out of his last 11 starts. Dennis Santana, Joe Barlow, a scoreless inning, but what wound up dooming the Tigers in this one, Ezekiel Duran. He winds up getting a triple late in this game, clearing the bases. As that winds up coming off of Gregory Soto, who's been highly reliable for a Tigers team that ranks in the top 10 in terms of bullpen. Anyway, he gives up three runs in his inning of work. Michael Former does give you a scoreless inning of Bo Brisky. By far his best start, seven scoreless innings, but the Detroit Tigers have now 31 home runs in 63 games. They're barely ahead of Barry Bonds' home run pace from 2001, and that's one individual player. So, not going too well for them. Not going too well for the Colorado Rockies either. 4-2. to two. The Cleveland Guardians wind up being able to get it done as for the Colorado Rockies. Boy, things not necessarily going their way. They wind up getting swept at home after they wound up taking a pair of games out there in San Diego. But for the Cleveland Guardians, very good start here from Tristan McKenzie. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. Ryan Shaw did give up and out without getting it out of the bullpen. But Eli Morgan, two scoreless innings. And then Emmanuel Classe able to close the door. And for the Colorado Rockies, Chad Cool wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of five innings. Lucas Gilbreth gives up an unearned run in his two innings of work as he was hurt by his own throwing error. Got to find a way to tag these guys for those. But with that said, Robert Stevenson was able to give you a scoreless inning along Jake Bird. But for the Rockies, they wind up stranding 10 men on base, one of nine with men in scoring position. So that was less than ideal. This is less than ideal for the Chicago Cubs. They wind up losing another one, their 10th consecutive loss. So you'll have on Friday a team riding a 14-game win streak and a team riding a 10-game losing streak. In Braves versus Cubs, 6-4, Slam Diego gets it done. Drew Rickson Profar gets his eighth home run season, and Noah Mazzara for the Padres was able to get his first as Matthew Schwarmer winds up giving up the home run, I believe, to Mazzara. Four runs give it up in three and two-thirds innings. You wind up having the other home run give it up by David Robertson. Gives up a run in an inning of work. You wind up having one run give it up by in five innings by Brandon Hughes. Scott Efforts able to give you an out of the bullpen. Michael Givens, four outs out of the bullpen. And Daniel Norris winds up giving you a scroll signing to push his ERA below eight. And for the Cubs, you did wind up having Christopher Morrell get a leadoff home run off of Joe Musgrove. His fifth home run season, but really the low mistake Musgrove wound up making. Gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. He is now... In his 12 starts, given up two runs or fewer and completed at least six innings in every one of those starts. If you ask me, it should be your front runner for the NL Cy Young, buck 59 ERA. After that, when to go to 8 0, Luis Garcia gives up an unearned run in an inning hurt by an Eric Cosmer fielding error. And Tyler Rogers does wind up giving up a run in his inning of work, but still collects his 20th save of the season. Then 
you did wind up having the Baltimore Orioles take it to the Toronto Blue Jays by a count of 10 to 2. DK Nation pick was on the under, and I did not think that Kevin Gosman was going to get seven outs and give up seven runs along the way, five of which were earned. An absolutely terrible start here from Kevin Gosman, and Gosman really has been having a rough go of it, and I would say his last four starts is fair to say, giving up three plus, and now three out of those four. From there, the bullpen wasn't completely terrible. Jeremy Beasley gives up two runs in three innings. You wind up having Matt Gage come in. He winds up giving up two runs in his inning work. David Phelps was able to give you four outside the bullpen. Lone form of brightness, really, for the Blue Jays offense. Jasker Hernandez gets his fifth home run season off of Tyler Wells, who is very good in this game, giving up one run in six innings. And this is a Baltimore team that they currently have a top eight bullpen in terms of ERAS. You wind up getting a pair of outside the bullpen from Austin Both. You wind up getting a scoreless inning out of Rico Garcia. And then you wind up having the lone run given up by Nick Vespi. He gives up one run in one and a third inning, says you had Austin the Say's kid. Go deep off of Matt Gage, his ninth home run of the season, and seems like totals are starting to iron themselves out relatively well. You may recall at the beginning part of the season, we wound up seeing a 60% under rate towards the beginning part of it. Well, that is not the case anymore. If you take a look at what we've all got right now, I get this off of covers.com, and all of a sudden, the under rate, 51.3%. For the season, 461 unders, 437 overs, and underdogs having a little bit of a tough time with it. They are 372 and 571 straight up, so hitting at a 39.4% rate, but home favorites having a tough time being able to cover the run line. They are 358 and 245 overall straight up, but there have been 108 wins by home favorites in which they have won by approximately one run to not cover the run line, but if you take a look at the last 30 days in general, overs, they are hitting at 52.5%, 202, and 183. And in that time span, underdogs hitting at just 38.8%, 155, and 244. So that's what we're all seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Thursday. Now let's take a look at this long win streak that the Atlanta Braves have been able to put together and just turn it to Friday in general with regards to their game against the Cubs. And take a look at what Mark Zinno, who does a great job with Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday here at Beeson, likes with regards to the card. That is coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. And it's great to be joined by our guests. as Mark Zeno doing some absolutely terrific work he is out there in the great state of Georgia as he was on the Locked on Atlanta Sports Podcast, which you're able to find that podcast where we get this one. You're able to catch him on VEASAN Live as he's done a lot of work with regards to Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday, joined up a lot during March Madness. That was always a lot of fun. I know he's done some work over there at SportsGrid, and you're able to catch him over there at PickWise as well. He and Jared Lee Smith do absolutely terrific work, and to be able to find Mark Zinno on Twitter, easy enough. First and last name, Mark Zinno. Last name is spelled Z-I-N-N-O. And Mark, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always great to be with you, brother. Great to have you aboard. And Mark, you're out there in a state in which it's got a team that is currently streaking with the Atlanta Braves entering into their series against the Chicago Cubs, a 14-game win streak. This team has absolutely been lighting it up. What has really turned around for the Atlanta Braves that has allowed them to get on this win streak? Because I think that there are some people that forget this is an Atlanta Braves team that they were sub 500 before the streak. Now going into Friday, they're 10 games above 500. Yeah, I mean, look, the big difference is the long ball, right? This was a team in a lineup that was put together by Alex Anthopoulos that was supposed to mash its way through 162 games. And they hadn't been doing it. But on this 14-game winning streak, Greg, they have hit 35 home runs over the last 14 games. They have 63 on the season. So more than half of their season total home runs have come during this streak. And you take a guy like Ronald Acuna, who is everything to this team, you know, his OPS has risen 100 points during this streak. Like, he is the catalyst for everything this offense does. And when he is going well, everybody else seems to be going well. And, oh, by the way, the team as a whole batting 292 during this streak. They came into this streak last day of May. They were a team batting average of 235. 
Their team batting average now is 249. They don't raise it almost 15 points going into or at least go through this winning streak. So everything has gone right offensively, not to mention the pitching has been pretty solid. They've got a 272 ERA through this winning streak here. They brought their team ERA down a third of a run over the course of two weeks, which is impressive and really hard to do given that short of time frame. So everything has gone the Braves' way. They just really started to play like the team that we thought they were going to. It just, you know, kind of took them two months to get a kick in the butt. Yep, and this is a team that is now firing all cylinders. Ronald Acuna Jr., as we know, he was out towards the beginning of the season. And then he came back, and then he wound up dealing with a couple setbacks. Now he's back and fully back, and he has been absolutely tremendous for this team. Very good on base. I believe it's north of 385 right now. He's really been able to do a solid job for this team as well. But if there is one concern for the Atlanta Braves, we wound up seeing it a few days ago. Ozzy Albies, he winds up going out the fold. He's now on the 60-day injured list. Does it look like it's going to be mainly going to be Orlando Arcia who's going to be taking his place? Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I made this sort of just statistical analysis of Ozzy Albies and what he's done. Like, you know, when he got hurt 12 games into the streak, this was a guy that was batting like 239. And during the streak, he was batting 222 and didn't have a stolen base. And I said to people, I'm like, I don't really know from a production standpoint if they're really going to miss him. And, oh, you, you, of course you're going to miss Ozzy. You know, Brian Snicker's like, if I had 26 Ozzy Albies, that'd be the easiest job. Like, everybody's going to miss Ozzy in the clubhouse. I get it. But he's having a really bad year. <laughs> I mean, just objectively, it's been much worse than we would have thought. Orlando RC is making the most of the opportunity. Another home run last night. I mean, you know. This is a young man that is making the most of this whole thing. And I like what he's doing at the bottom of the lineup, you know, between him and Michael Harris, the kid they called up from double A that skipped triple A and went right to the bigs has given him two guys right now at the bottom of the lineup that are batting over 300. It's exactly what they need in the eight and the nine hole right now to kind of turn the lineup over to Acuna, making him a lot more dangerous. And it's all working out. I I think you miss Ozzy from a defensive standpoint. I think you miss him from a standpoint of a guy that you sort of felt would get Big hits when you needed him. But on the whole, he's had a really down year. And statistically, I don't know if they're going to miss him that much. Yep. And I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Personally, I remember when the Brewers traded Orlando Arcia. I was not too happy about it. So (laughs) I can tell you that much from a little bit of a fan perspective right there. He was very good for the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think that he's going to do a good job of filling in as well as we do have Mark Zeno trying to be right here on the baseball betting show. And when it comes to what we're going to be seeing on Friday for the Atlanta Braves, it is going to be Charlie Morton throwing the rubber and Charlie Morton's been consistent, but not necessarily in a good way. He's given up at least three runs and now each out of his last five starts. And I believe if you really want to go back, he's given up at least three runs at eight out of his last 10. We remember last season, this guy was very good, especially on the road. What is really just, not won his way this season. Obviously, guy that's getting up there in years, but this looks like a completely different picture from what we wound up seeing last year. Yeah, and it's hard to figure out exactly what is going wrong. But Brian Snitker is one of those managers who's almost loyal to a fault in a sense that he's going to stick with them as long as he's not awful and he's not getting blown off the mound and, and not getting into the fifth inning. Like he's just grinding his way to five innings, and that's enough for. Brian Snicker to continue to tote him out there every fifth day, even though he hasn't really had, you know, those starts that we saw from him last year. So it's going to be a grind. Thankfully, this team is scoring a ton of runs right now and being able to, uh, you know, give him the support that he needs. But 
he's kind of the one starter during this streak the whole time. When he got on the mound, you're going, tonight may be the night. You know, and like you don't have a whole ton of faith in Charlie Morton right now. The guy that, you know, from a betting standpoint that I look at, Greg, Spencer Strider with a very uncomfortable mustache, but a very uncomfortable fastball as well for opposing hitters. I've said this to a couple of people, and I'll say it to you, to your audience here. If his K prop is five and a half, I don't care what the juice is. I'm playing the over. He has got that kind of stuff that I can trust it. You'd have to juice this thing to 160, 170 for me to walk away from it. I'd go up to minus 150 on his K prop because he's been such a lift for this team. And he's got maybe the best stuff of anybody on the staff. And that's all deference to Kyle Wright and Max Fried. But all deference to Max Fried and Kyle Wright, who have been fantastic this year. He may have the best overall stuff, Spencer Strider, on this entire staff. So he's one of the guys, one of the young kids that I'm looking at and going, every time he toes the rubber the fifth day, this team's got a great shot to win. And you mentioned the K-prop of five and a half. He doubled it against the Washington Nationals. He yeah. had 11 punch-outs in that game. So that was a no-sweat winner if you want him taking that one. And I think that it's fair to say we should probably be Hopefully seeing some no-sweat winners with the Atlanta Braves this weekend against the Chicago Cubs because we were talking about Charlie Morton. He's going to be on the mound for Friday. But you take a look at the Chicago Cubs team, and it was a bullpen that they actually weren't looking overly bad through the first month of the season. But taking a look at the Chicago Cubs team, they've trotted out there Frank Schwindel to pitch over the last seven days. I believe that he recorded the slowest pitch and like the radar gun error or something like that. It was something crazy. He gave up like a 35-mile-per-hour home run or something. It's just absolutely crazy. And I think that it's an Atlanta Braves team that they're currently going in the absolute right way. The Chicago Cubs, it's going all wrong for them. But what I think is going to be interesting here is the total. As I'm seeing this open up in a lot of places at an eight, it looks like the wind is going to be blowing in from everything I'm seeing at Wrigley Field. And King Thompson is someone that wanted to begin the year very strong. But over the last two starts, he has given up 12 runs, 10 of which are earned over the course of three and two-thirds innings in two starts. I'm not sure if you've got a lot with regards to the total, but even with the wind blowing in, and I think that weather has played a very big factor this year with regards to these totals, I just cannot take the under considering the pitching matchup and the way that the Cubs bullpen has been to call what it is, garbage recently. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things with the streak here, Greg. You know, the safest bet you can probably make, and it'll be heavily juiced routinely until they actually lose a game, is the plus one and a half on the run line, right? Like, honestly, it's the easiest way to go, knowing that obviously everybody in the Braves clubhouse is well aware that they've won 14 games, and obviously everybody at this point knows that this streak is likely going to come to an end sooner rather than later. I mean... As much as it's fun to talk about 21 in a row, whatever the Oakland A's had, these last seven games are nearly impossible, right? Like you can get three other seven-game win streaks during the season, but getting from win 15 to 21 is just so much more difficult. From that standpoint, I just feel like that's probably the smartest bet to take against the Braves. You feel like every game is going to be a little bit close here, especially with Charlie Morton on the round. This may be a game where the Braves have to come from behind if the Cubs can get up early. Cubs necessarily aren't a high strikeout team, so they're not going to hurt themselves in that sense offensively. But like you said, you know, their bullpen is problematic. So they're going to have to score runs and score runs early in order to avoid having to go too deep into that bullpen. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun to take a look at this series if the Braves can continue what has been just an incredible win streak thus far as we do have Mark Zeno joining me on the podcast. And Mark, I know you do a great job over there at Pickwise. You do a great job day in and day out taking a look at the baseball card. Is there anything that you're circling with regards to Friday to either a game that you just want to see a little bit more out of a team or a pitcher, or do you have a better two that you've got sort of a star round for Friday? Yeah, I'm looking at the Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in two different ways here. One, if the team total is is posted at eight and a half, 
or nine, I'm definitely going to take the under. Uh, these two teams seem to always play under games. And Jordan Montgomery has some of the lowest run support in Major League Baseball this year. Now, the Yankees offense has picked it up insanely as of late. But through the first month and a half, first six weeks of the season, Jordan Montgomery is only getting three runs a game. In fact, the last time he pitched against Toronto, they won 3-2, and that game was in Toronto. So that was back on May 2nd. Montgomery's been fantastic. His ERA is sub-3. His whip is sub-1. So he's hitting all the right metrics that you want. With the Yankees riding you know, this hot streak that they're on, even though it's not all consecutive wins, so to speak, the Rays and the Blue Jays seem to give the Yankees the biggest fits, not only from a scoring standpoint, from just winning those games outright. So I like Toronto on the run line, plus one and a half, and I'll look to the under in the game there as well. Yep, and I'll give something that I'm taking a look at right now as well. We don't have none, any numbers up on this game, but unless if they wind up posting some sort of ridiculous number, Yoda Don is getting a start for the Washington Nationals on Friday. It's just unbelievable what we've seen out of him this year. The Nationals have lost all but two of his starts by at least three runs, so that certainly is not that I'm going to be taking a look at it as you've got a Phillies and Nationals doubleheader. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting when it comes to those NL East teams and the Phillies, they themselves have been able to get on a nice little bit of a run as well. And Mark, I know you're doing an amazing job at so many different places. I know you've been doing some great work for us over at Visa in the last few months. You do a great job over there at Pickwise, and I know you do like – Four or five different podcasts. You do them all very well. So love the good people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along with all of your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, just at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, both on Twitter and on Instagram if you're interested in that sort of thing. You know, check out all the work that I do with Locked On Sports Atlanta. As you mentioned, Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday on VSIN. I throw a lot of my links to all the stuff for PicksWise and SportsGrid up on my Twitter account. So most of the stuff is there. And go check out other podcasts, military-related, Hazard Ground. Go to hazardground.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Just look for Hazard Ground. You'll see a whole bunch of military-related podcasts there for me. Yep, and Mark is a veteran. Does an absolutely terrific job on that front as well. Does an absolutely amazing job for us at VSIN. I joined up a lot for Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday during March Madness. Guy wakes up early. Guy gives out winners on that show. Always does amazing work and was great to have him on the podcast today. So big thanks to Mark for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to get Mark Zeno aboard on the podcast today. Does absolutely terrific work over there at VEASAN. And on top of that, he is a man that he is a veteran, does a great job with Hazard Ground. He was mentioning that a little bit earlier. Does a great job just being able to salute the troops. He is a man that is a combat veteran. So he's a man that he does great work in sports and just a good human in general. So great to be able to get him on the podcast. Big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That is going to keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. The lone exception is going to be we do have a double dip between the Phillies and the Nationals. I'm going to do both of those games 
games all together, so that way I'm not breaking down Bryce Harper's stats twice or anything like that, just to keep things all in line. You also sometimes see a flipper Rooney when it comes to the pitchers from game one and game two as well. So we are actually going to be starting with that doubleheader. 901, 902, and 907, 908. You've got yourself the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals. In game number one, it is going to be Bailey Falter who's going to be going for the Phillies and Yohan Adon. Yes, he's back. Get out the cheering minions. We get to fade Yohan Adon once again, ladies and gentlemen. He's going in game one and then game two. It is going to be Ranger Suarez, who's going to be going for the Phils, and Paulo Espino is going to be on the bump for the Nationals. Let's tackle Falter versus Adon first, as both of these games, no numbers currently up on them, but with that said, I made Bailey Falter a road minus 183 favorite because Yohan Adon is that terrible. I mean, you just take a look at it. He is 1-10 with a 6.95 ERA, and this is what is even worse. He has made 12 starts thus far this year for the Nationals. The Nationals won one of those starts. In the 11 losses, 10 of them have been by at least three runs. So if you're ever looking to take an alternate like run line or anything like that, this would probably be the time. I don't have too much access to anything north of, I would say, right around like a two and a half if I really, really wanted to get exotic. But I mean, with that said, it's not been going well there. And for Bailey Falter, he's going to be making his first start ever since about a few weeks ago. It was last on May 27th, wound up going up against the New York Mets. He did give up five runs. Only two of them were earned. Overall, he's got a 420 ERA, wound up getting a little bit of a cup of coffee at the big leagues last season as well. And take a look at what he's been able to do this season. He has given up three home runs over the course of 15 innings. Not necessarily a high swing and miss guy either. And you go back to 2021 where he did wind up getting a couple more innings under his belt on the road. He wound up having a 638 ERA. So that's not necessarily too tremendous either. So this is actually a spot in which I set my total at a 10.7, which means a 10.5 or less. I'm going to be looking at an over. It would take an 11 for me to consider the under. You just take a look at the way that the Phillies are hitting right now. They lead the big leagues in terms of home runs per game on the road, and you've got Alec Bohm, Nick Cassianos, JT Mito, pretty much all these guys hitting between about a 245 to a 255, throwing their Reese Hoskins as well, and don't look now, but Reese Hoskins over the last three days going into yesterday, hitting right around 275 with seven bombs. He has really been able to pick it up, especially last two weeks. You've got Bryce Harper along Kyle Schwarber, combined 31 home runs going into yesterday as well with Harper hitting a 315. Schwarber hitting just a 206, but right around 330 on base. And for the Washington Nationals, they're actually in the top five in terms of batting average in the league. Luis Garcia is hitting well above a three. Mikel Franco, Nelson Cruz, Kibera Wies, both of the Hernandezes and Yadiel and Cesar Hernandez all in between about a 245 to a 265. Josh Bell has been able to hit 290. Juan Soto, he wanted returning to the lineup yesterday. He's been having a little bit of a struggle this season, hitting just a 230, so right around 370 on base with 13 home runs, but certainly has been up and down, and neither of these bullpens are anything to write home about. Paul Espino is going to be going in game two. He's really been the best long guy for this national scene, but they're looking to Reed Garrett to give you innings. Andres Machado is north of a 5 ERA. Erasmo Ramirez is probably going to be sent in in long relief. He's got north of a 4.50 ERA, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, you're able to rely upon pair of guys in Brad Ann and Corey Canable. Got to figure that you're probably going to see Nick Nelson in some long relief. That's not necessarily too terrific. I will say, I've always been a fan of Connor Brogdon. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Jose Alvarado has been a hot mess this season, though, so I really don't expect a lot out of either of these bullpens, but let me tell you right now, I want absolutely no part of you on a so 
unless if we see something very, very stark, because I'm willing to lay up to minus 130 on a run line with the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to be looking there at 10 and a half or less, looking over 11 or to the under. And then in game two, Ranger Suarez against Paul Espino. For Suarez, he's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck. In my opinion, you take a look at a lot of the games that he's pitched, and Alec Boehm has created a lot of errors and a lot of them. 440 ERA needs to wind the blocking down with command a little bit more, a little bit over four walks per nine innings. He's given up less than a home run per nine innings, so that has been solid for the team, and he's actually been doing a better job on the road than he has been at home. 368 road ERA compared to a 510 home ERA, and he's given up three home runs in both, I guess you call it, settings as well with an equal amount of innings. And for Paulo Espino, unlike... You want to know, this is a man that I think is going to go out there and he's not going to embarrass himself. Now, the problem is, you're probably not going to get a lot of length out of him. Made his first start of the season on Sunday. Three and two-thirds innings. Gave up one run against the Milwaukee Brewers. Last year, when he was more of a regular starter, you wanted giving up a little bit over a home run and at per nine innings. I think that that's going to nip him in the butt. But, I mean, thus far this year, he does have a 208 ERA. You go back to that 2021 campaign and... He wound up having a 326 home ERA compared to a 582 road ERA. So pitches a little bit better in Washington, D.C. So I did wind up setting my total a little bit lower with regards to this game. I did wind up making it a 9.9, which means 9.5 or less. I'm going to be looking at an over 10 or higher with regards to an under in Suarez versus Espino. And I did wind up saying the Phillies more of a minus 165-ish favorite on the money line. I would be willing to lay up to about a minus 107 on the run line. So certainly much more demonstrative in the Falter versus a dome game where I'm willing to lay up to minus 130 on that run line and in that game, I'm willing to take pretty much anything of a 10 and a half or less to the over. So hopefully I kept things nice, clean, and easy there. Now we go to 903-904 on the betting board. You've got the Atlanta Braves, and they're going to be on the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs, as it is going to be Keegan Thompson who's going to be going for the Cubs, and Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta is anywhere between a minus 170 to a minus 180 favorite. And between plus 145 and plus 160 is your price on Chicago. A to Z total over and under are both at minus 110, and talked about this game quite a bit with Mark, and I'm looking at the over in this spot. I would need it to be an 8.5 before I could really consider the under just because you got a guy in Charlie Morton that He's given up at least three earned runs at each out of his last five starts. Only reason why I've got the total as low as I do is that the wind at Wrigley is going to be blowing in. It's going to be blowing in right around eight miles per hour, so it's not like it's some sort of a gale force wind or anything like that, but it is going to be blowing in in this spot, but you also take a look at the Atlanta Braves. They're on pace to perhaps become the second team in the history of baseball. Did 60 home runs in a month. They have been on that much of a terror this month. You've got Austin Riley who's been able to pound out 18 home runs he has been absolutely magnificent for the team, and you've got a lot of guys who are doing a solid job of reaching base for the team as well as Matt Olson has a 350 on base. Riley is hitting a 260 along Travis Arano, Ronald Acuna Jr., 385 on base. Danzy Swanson is hitting nearly a 300. We were talking about Orlando Arcia along with Michael Harris. Harris has come up to the big leagues, and he's got a 330 batting average in his first 67 at-bats. Orlando Arcia, I remember him from the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm not happy that they traded him away. 375 batting average in his couple of of plate appearances thus far. I think that that's going to regress a little bit, but he has been tremendous. And for the Cubs, they do have guys that are able to get on base. They don't necessarily have a bunch of firepower with regards to home runs. Wilson Contreras, along with Patrick Wisdom, both have 12 home runs. The problem with Wisdom is that this guy just strikes out left and right. He's already got 84 punch-outs thus far this season. He's on pace for north of 200, so that's not necessarily too great, but you've got Wilson Contreras, Nico Horner, Ian F. Lying between a 272 and a 282 with Contreras nearly a 400 on base. Frank Schwindel sitting at 240. You expect a little bit more there. Rafael Ortega has been a little bit banged up throughout the season, but he's been able to give you right around a 350 on base. He is Suzuki. 
He's been dealing with injury as well, so that's hurt them. But Christopher Morrell, he's been about a 285 for this team. But once again, that Chicago Cubs bullpen has been absolutely terrible over the last three days. Chris Martin now is north of a 5 ERA. Daniel Norris's ERA, I believe, is now up north of 8. Now they've got Adrian Sampson up at the big league level. I still remember when he had a north of 5 ERA out there in the Korean baseball organization a few years ago. Ron Wick is starting to regress. Scott Efforts after a good start to this season. It's not going well. And the Braves, they've got a top 10 bullpen themselves. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Tyler Mazek, but A.J. Minter has a 1 ERA. Dylan Lee has been superb for this team. He's got a sub-1 ERA. Asus Cruz has come in. He's got a sub-2 ERA, so got a lot of Braves pitchers that are going to be able to back up Charlie Morton. I think that Morton is probably still going to wind up giving up his three runs, but with regards to the Braves, I'm willing to lay a little bit of a price on the run line if you're taking a look at that right now. Finding it in a lot of places anywhere between even money and minus 105, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 110 when it comes to the Braves run line, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Atlanta Braves run line in the spot and at the 8. Going to be taking a look at an over as we move on to 905-906 on the bang board. The Milwaukee Brewers hit the road to face off against the Cincinnati Reds, and this is going to be the basis of the DK Nation pick as Eric Lauer is going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers and Hunter Green is on the bump for the Reds. Right now you're finding your total at an 8.5 with heavy juice to the over. Anywhere between minus 120, minus 125. Unders anywhere between even and plus 105. Seen a couple straight nines out there with the nine. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. And with the Brewers, find them as a very slight favorite here at a minus 114 to a minus 120. And if you're taking a look at the Reds, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 to a plus 105. And I said the Brewers at a minus 163 here. So, I mean, for the second time in three days, I don't want to typically do a repeat as much as I'm doing it right here. But we're going with the Milwaukee Brewers right now with the DK Nation pick. Hunter Green, I do recognize, has been much better in his last two starts. Giving up a combined one run in 12 innings and has really been able to reduce the deep ball. But you still take a look at Hunter Green. He's got a 5'10 ERA. He's given up well north of two home runs per nine innings thus far this season. He's giving up nearly four walks per nine innings. His home ERA, it is a 435. And you got a trio of Milwaukee Brewers that are able to hit a double-digit amount of homers thus far this season. And Rowdy Tellez, William Adamas, throw in there Hunter Renfro as well. Now it is a Brewers team. You take a look at what they trotted out there. In New York on Wednesday, and they did wind up having just one guy that wound up ending the game with a betting average above a 250, but got a lot of guys that are sort of in that 240 to 250 fold as Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Tellez, Christian Yelich, they're all in that pocket. Andrew McCutcheon, I think, is going to start to pick it up a little bit when it comes to the team. Luis Urias has been in a little bit of a funk, and William Thomas. I mean, both of these guys, anything between about a 205 to a 215, you got to figure that they are going to see a little bit of positive progression, and this is a Cincinnati Reds bullpen that is dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA. That is not good, and that is not good to say the least. And I just still remember when we wound up seeing this series. I mean, I think it was about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but... The last time Hunter Green wound up facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers at home, the Brewers wound up finding themselves as a minus 200 favorite with Freddie Peralta on the mound. So, I mean, obviously, I would say that Peralta winds up being valued a little bit more than Eric Lauer, but man, I mean, we have seen a quantum shift here. And for Eric Lauer, the team has lost each out of his last three starts. He has been struggling a little bit, wound up giving up the eight runs against Washington Nationals, but I do think that he is going to be able to pick it up a little bit more in this spot. He has given up a few more home runs, then you would like to 
receive. Overall this season, he's given up 11 home runs in 11 starts, right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings overall, but he's been able to control the walks right around three walks per nine innings. Opponents starting at 228 off of him. He's able to get 10 strikeouts per nine innings, and he's backed up by Devin Williams and Josh Hader. That is a very, very good duo to be backing up. And for the Cincinnati Reds, this is a team that they've done a great job of being able to put back to ball. Four plus runs in 22 out of their last 24 home games. You've got Kyle Former, who's currently hitting right around at 285 for this team. Brandon Drury has been able to go deep 13 times. And take a look at Joey Votto ever since he's come off the injured list. His on-base percentage has been hovering right around at 400. Tyler Stevenson has been dealing with some ailments, so that has hurt the team a little bit, but whatever he's been out there, he's been able to do a relatively solid job for this Red Seam as he's hitting right around at 280 as well, but it's just the fact that you've got Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, guys like this out there in the bullpen that have been absolutely killing the team, and after a very good start to the season, Alexis Diaz over the last 15 days, he's posted up a 7.50 ERA the last 30 days, more like a 4.6 ERA. He's starting to regress a little bit, so I do have faith that the Brewers are going to be able to get a good start here out of Eric Lauer and Hunter Green just gives up the deep ball a little bit too much for my liking. So the DK Nation pick going to be on the Milwaukee Brewers in this spot on the money line. And with that said, also going to be taking a look at the over semi-total. Actually a little bit north of 9.5. So looking over and the DK Nation pick is on the Brewers. We already hit on game two of Phillies versus Nationals in 907-908. So we go to 909-910 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants hit the road face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Zach Thompson is going to be going for the Buccos. And one Carlos Rodan is going to be going for the Giants. The Giants are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 193 and a minus 210. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Buccos, you walk the plank to anywhere between plus 175 and plus 188 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 105 and seeing a 7.5 out there as well. Over is minus 120. The under is even. And if you're looking at a run line of the San Francisco Giants, because I certainly am, you're going to be finding that anywhere between a minus 122 to a minus 130. And I'm willing to take the bottom end of that run line. I'd be willing to take a minus 122, but we are currently seeing this trend upward. I would need at least a plus 185 to be able to take a shot here on the Pittsburgh Pirates when it's all said and done. Seeing what we're seeing right now, I do think that this is going to be a play on the Pittsburgh Pirates at a little bit north of a plus 185, so that is what I'm anticipating on right now. I'm going to be willing to let the overnight line movement sort of dictate that a little bit as to whether or not it's going to be the Giants run line or the Pittsburgh Pirates on the money line, but when it comes to Zach Thompson, he's been able to do a relatively solid job with this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Did wind up having a little bit of an issue with the deep ball against the Atlanta Braves, and he has given up five home runs over the course of his last four games, but you take a look at what Zach Thompson has been able to do really since the beginning of the month of May. In the month of May, he wound up having a 245 ERA, and his two starts here in the month of June, he has given up a combined two earned runs. He has been able to put up right around a 225 ERA ever since the beginning of the month of May. First few starts of the season wound up having a 10 ERA, but this is someone that, while he was with the Miami Marlins, home and road splits, I mean, he was very equal. 309 home ERA, 345 road ERA, 324 overall. Got off to a really rough start to the season, but ever since that bad month of April, he's really become, in my opinion, perhaps the best starter for the Pittsburgh Pirates, not named Jose Quintana. And then for Carlos Rodan, he's been able to pick it up recently. He's given up two runs or fewer, now four out of his last five starts after he wound up having a big cup against the St. Louis Cardinals. You take a look at what he's been able to do this season, and he has not necessarily been the same guy on the road. 422 road ERA, 218 home ERA, but still getting a whole bunch of swings and misses north of 11 strikeouts per nine innings, and he's 
going up against a Pittsburgh Pirates offense that we're going to put it to you this way. It's not great. Cabrian Ace has been right around 275 for the team. And to the credit of Brian Reynolds, he's now up to 11 home runs. And you take a look at what he's been able to do recently since he wound up having a bad start to the season. He's picked it up. Last 14 days, hitting a 400. Last 30 days, he's hitting a 320. So all of a sudden, he has been able to find it for the team. But Daniel Fogelback, he's now hitting right around 215. And got a lot of guys there in that 215 or lower pocket as you got him, Jax Wisniewski. You're able to throw in there Rodolfo Castro, Diego Castillo, Yu Chang. Oi Park, so it's been a lot of bad bats there, and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, all but four of their wins have come out of the bullpen this year. Tyler Beattie starting to form himself into a little bit of a relatively solid long guy. Overall for this season, 3.42 ERA, but last 15 days over the course of nine and a third innings has not allowed a single run. David Pinar, sub-2 ERA. Anthony Banda has been bad. He's got north of a 5 ERA. You really can't trust an Eth Embry either, but for the San Francisco Giants, this has also been a team with a bullpen that's in the bottom half of the big leagues as well. Camilo Tavall, Jarlon Garcia, these guys have been solid, and after ailments towards the beginning of the season, guys like Tyler Rogers, Jake McGee, they were struggling to begin the season. They've been able to pick it up a tad, but when it comes to the San Francisco Giants team, they are a little bit inconsistent as well with regards to their offense. You take a look at what they've been able to do on the road thus far this season, and it's a bunch of they've been able to get right around 1.2-ish home runs per game. They're only hitting about a 234 as a collective. Now, Thario Estrada on the road, he's hitting nearly a 300. Mikey Stremski, 375 on base on the road, but Brandon Belt, Darren Ruff, in road games, they're both hitting below a buck seventy-five. That is a little bit of an issue when it comes to the team. I do think that Carlos Rodon should be able to come out, give a relatively solid start. And Zach Thompson has been having his home run issues for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's given up nine bombs in fifty innings, so that's right around one point six, one point seven home runs per nine innings. But he's been able to control the walks. Meanwhile, Rodon right around three and a half walks per nine innings. So I do mind him saying my total at eight point two. Seeing what we're seeing right now with the eights, I'm going to be taking a look at an over and when it's all said and done, I anticipate this getting to the Pirates being north of a plus 185 and that's where I'd be looking there but would also be willing to lay right around about a minus 120 on the run line with the San Francisco Giants as well. Late night line movement that is going to be determining whether I go run line with the Giants or money line with the Pirates. 9-11-9-12 on the betting board. We've got the Miami Marlins. They're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the New York Mets. One Carlos Carrasco is going to be going for the Mets. To be determined is going to be going for the Miami Marlins. It all depends upon whether or not the bullpen session of one Pablo Lopez winds up going well. And if we get Lopez against Carrasco, it is going to be a total of which 7.5 or less. I'll be looking at an over and 8 higher to the under end. With the Mets, I would set the minus 113 against Pablo Lopez. This probably goes up, I'm thinking at least 45 cents, if not more, in a bullpen game of the Miami Marlins. So obviously, if we wind up getting a little bit more of a bullpen game, that is very much subject to change here because in the fall-off from Pablo Lopez to a bullpen game, that is going to be quite substantial considering the Miami Marlins. They are in the bottom 10 in the big leagues with regards to bullpen ERA. I mean, you take a look at some of these guys. And Lewis had, he wound up entering in to the month of June with a 1-1-3 ERA. It is now a 7-0-8. Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job for the team. He's got a sub-2 ERA, but Richard Blyer, north of a 4 ERA. Tommy Nance has actually been able to hold down the 4 for the team right around a 3-5-ish ERA. Tanner Scott has not necessarily been too good. Jimmy Yacobonis is someone that they're looking to. He might wind up getting the start in. I mean, Jimmy Yacobonis would probably be more like a plus 170 in all honesty. And for Carlos Carrasco, this guy has been pretty steady Eddie. 7-2 record. Not necessarily doing anything flashy, but just keeping the ball in the yard. Sub-2 walks per 9 innings. 5 home runs. Give it up in 68 and 2 thirds innings. 
nine strikeouts per nine innings. So he has been able to do a nice job of just doing his job. 278 home ERA, 518 road ERA. So at City Field, it really has suited him well. Going into their series against the Milwaukee Brewers, leading the big leagues in terms of both batting average and on base percentage. I mean, on any given night, aside from when you wind up having some sort of a backup catcher in there, the Mets have one guy in their starting lineup that's hitting below a 240, and that's been typically Eduardo Escobar, who wound up having a cycle two weeks ago. So, I mean, it's been going very well for the team. Francisco Lindor only hitting about a 240, but he's still been able to do a solid job. Giving you 45 RBI, Pete Alonso going into Wednesday, 18 home runs. Light the big leagues in terms of home runs on the road last season at City Field. It is a little bit more pitcher friendly, but Sterling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna, all these guys doing a great job of being able to get on base for you for the New York Mets. It's been a little bit of a touch and go bullpen. You need to get a little bit more out of some like an Adam Adovino, Seth Lugo, both of these guys north of a three ERA. And you never want any part of Jake Reed. He's pretty much a human white flag. He has not been good for the team, but Edwin Diaz in the back half of the game has been nails for this punch. I mean, it's very good stuff. Has been terrific. Drew Smith has been terrific out of the bullpen as well. So, I mean, if we wind up getting Pablo Lopez against Carlos Carrasco because Lopez, he's been dealing with a little bit of a, I believe, wrist ailment because he wound up taking a little bit of a comebacker about a week or so ago. I would be setting the fish at a plus 113 with Lopez having a 220 ERA. If you wind up getting Jimmy Acabotis, it's probably going to be north of a plus 170 in a bullpen game, more like plus 160 on the Miami Marlins. So, we are going to be seeing stark adjustments if it's not Pablo Lopez. If it's Pablo Lopez, Miami Marlins, very slight underdog. And like I said, with Lopez, 7.5 or less, we'll be looking at an over 8 or higher to the under. If it's Jimmy Yacobonis, this probably goes up right around a full run. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. So, subject to change here, but that's why I'm taking a look at in both scenarios. 9.13, 9.14 on the bang board. The Slime Diego Padres at the red faceoff against the Colorado Rockies. Kyle Freeland is going to be going for the Rockies. And Mackenzie Gore is going to be on the bump for the Padres. The Padres are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 140 to a minus 145 favorite and your plus price with Colorado between plus 125 and plus 130 11 and a half is your total under is minus 115 and the over it is minus 105 and when it comes to the Rockies set them at a plus 157 typically I wind up giving the Rockies a little bit more for home field advantage because I do think that they've got the most distinct home field advantage when it comes to the MLB but haven't been performing too well at Coors this season. And you take a look at Kyle Freeland thus far this season. 535 home ERA to a three road ERA. He's given up four home runs and 38 and two-thirds innings at home, which is not too bad. But opponents are hitting at 300 off of him. And his strikeout stuff is not there. Only about six punch outs per nine innings. And Mackenzie Gore, he did wind up getting lit up in his last start against the Colorado Rockies. Gives up six runs in two and a third innings. Other than that, he has been absolute nails for the team. There's only one other instance in which you wound up allowing more than two runs in a single start overall this season. A 2.50 ERA for Mackenzie Gore. A 105 road ERA. Now, Coors Field is a completely different animal, but this guy has been an animal himself, and he's given up just one home run in 50 and a third inning, so he's done a great job keeping the ball in the yard. Needs to work on the walks, giving up right around 3.8-ish walks per nine innings, but I do have some confidence in him being able to hold down the fort. Now, the big thing with the San Diego Padres is that it's a little bit of a top-heavy lineup. Manny Machado has been terrific for the team, one of your front runners for MVP, 400 on base, 328 batting average. He's went deep 11 times. Jake Cronenworth, who is credited, he's went deep three times over the last 14 days. 
He's starting to pick it up. He's hitting right around a 245. Drinks and profile more around a 255. But Trent Grisham, Awesome Kim, Luke Void, Austin Supernola, Will Myers, all these guys are in between a 225 to a 235 aside from Grisham, who's hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. And then you take a look at the Padres bullpen. It's not great. It's not terrible. You could use a little bit more out of guys like a Steven Wilson, who's got right around a 375 ERA. Luis Garcia, just below that, right around a 3. It's Nobel Crisman. He's been able to give you multiple innings. And Adrian Motahone, it looks like they're going to be utilizing him as sort of a multi-inning guy as well. So they are adding guys that are able to give a little bit of length. And for the Colorado Rockies, this is just an atrocious bullpen. Currently, they're in the bottom two in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And their best bullpen arm, Tyler Kinley, it looks like, is done for the season. So whoop-de-doo there. That's just bad. Robert Stevenson has been a little bit better at home than he has been on the road. But same with Lucas Gilbreth. Gilbreth is someone that overall this season, he's got an ERA that hovers right around five, but it's more like a 250 at home. Daniel Bart has been locked down at home, but you're relying upon guys like Jake Bird and Ulysses Chassin for innings, and that's not going too great for this team. Now, what I will say about the Colorado Rockies is that if you take a look at their home and road splits, both in terms of pitching and in terms of hitting, they're very stark, especially with regards to hitting. Their hitting has a collective about a 275 at home thus far this season with 39 home runs in 34 games. You take a look at the power itself on the road because they've actually done a decent job of being able to reach base on the road, but 15 home runs in 29 games on the road. Like C.J. Crone, he's got 10 home runs at home thus far this season. He's got four on the road. It is very stark. What we are seeing there, you've got someone like a Brendan Rodgers. I believe that every one of his home runs have wanted coming at home thus far this season. You've also got someone in Jonathan Daza, who's hitting at 340 at Coors Field as well. So I do think that it's important to take a look at those splits, but Mackenzie Gore, he has been a complete and utter stud, and I think that he's going to deliver another nice start here. Set my total at 10.3. As a result, Padres had a little bit of a tough time being able to put back to ball, so I'm looking at the under, and I'm going to be looking at the Padres in some form or capacity. If you're taking a look at their run line right now, you're finding it in a lot of places right around even money to a plus 105. I would honestly rather just lay the money line here I am willing to lay up to about a minus 108 on that run line, but I would rather just take the money line personally. So I'm looking there with the Padres, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under 9.15, on the bank board. The Tampa Bay Rays at the red faceoff against the Baltimore Orioles. Dean Kramer is going to be going for the Orioles, and Shane Boz is going to be on the bump for the Rays. The Rays find themselves on between minus 137, minus 145. Meanwhile, with Baltimore, it's between plus 120 and plus 138.5 is your total. With the over at minus 115 and the under minus 105, the Boz is back. No, not Brian Bosworth, but Shane Boz. And I wound up setting him as a minus 169 favorite with Baltimore. I just can't trust in Dean Kremer. They are 4-15 and 15 all-time in his starts. Now, he actually delivered a halfway decent start against the Kansas City Royals, but the Kansas City Royals are pretty much tied with the Oakland A's for worst record out there in the big league, so I have a tough time trusting in them. With Kremer thus far this season, he's got a 386 ERA. You go back to what he wound up doing in 2021, 755 ERA. He really didn't pitch much at the minor league level. And this is a guy that for his career has an ERA that is hovering right around seven at home. So that is ghastly bad. Meanwhile, you take a look at Boss. Currently has a 1929 ERA. And for those of you guys that remember 1929, that is the year that the Great Depression started. I have a feeling that we're going to see Shane Boss bust out of the Great Depression in this one first start of the year, two and a third innings against Minnesota Twins. Got lit up like a Christmas tree, gave up five runs, but last season really showed some good stuff. He was just absolutely dynamic at the minor league 
eighth level, a guy that didn't wind up walking a lot of guys. He wound up having over 11 strikeouts per nine innings, kept the ball in the yard. I think that that was just a case in which they probably should have given him another rehab appearance or two, now being able to go up against the Baltimore Orioles. That should be a lot of them out. And don't look now, but the Baltimore Orioles have scored at least six runs and now five out of their last six games. This is a team that has really been able to put back the ball recently as you've got Cedric Mullins, who's been able to do 50 for this bunch. You've got Austin Hayes, Trey Boomo, Mancini, both of these guys in right in that pocket of a 290. Ryan Mountcastle, 270 batting average. He's been able to do a good job being able to go for 12 home runs. It's a team that overall is only hanging at 230, but they've really been able to pick it up. And Rudin Adore has some very interesting home and road splits. This is a guy that on the road he has not been able to get anything going whatsoever, but at home he's been able to do a nice job. He's been able to hit most of his home runs at home, hitting for right around at 245. So, yeah, guys are getting on base. And for the Baltimore Orioles, this has actually been a very good bullpen as you've got pretty much four different guys that have been ERA of a two or lower, or a Lopez, CNL Perez, Zilante, Felix Batista. I do. I think that there's going to be some regression there. Yes, especially if you have to trot out there someone like an awesome vote. Don't have a lot of faith in Mr. Rico Garcia, but that said, this has been a relatively solid bullpen. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they did wind up having to go with a bullpen game yesterday, so they're going to need a little bit more length out of Boz, but this has been a Rays bullpen that has been locked down all season long. Jason Adam, a sub-1 ERA. Ralph Garza, someone that's able to give you multiple innings. He's got right around a 3-ish ERA. Colin Pooch, sub-2 ERA. Matt Weisler, he's been able to come out here He's been giving you right around 215 ERA. The one thing that's really lacking with the Tampa Bay race thus far this season has been the deep ball. Mike Zanino just has not been the guy that he was last season. And you're going to notice that top to bottom, this is a team that you've got some just stark differences with regards to guys that are able to get on, like Manuel Margot sitting above a 3 G-Man Choi's on-base percentage along with the Andy Diaz's north of a 375. Randy Rosarena has been able to get hot. And then you've got Vidal LeBrujan along with Brad Phillips, Taylor Waltz, Francisco Mejia, all these guys and get 200 or lower, so as cause for the race to wind up stranding quite a few men on base, but that said, I do think that the race going to be able to do a good job of being able to maneuver their bullpen, and if there's one thing that the race could use to be able to get online with regards to their bats, going up against Dean Kramer. So, I did wind up saying the Rays more around a minus 170 in this spot. If you're taking a look at the run line of the Tampa Bay Rays, you're going to be fine that I'm seeing a size of plus 125. I personally would rather have the plus 125 run line in this spot because I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring game. Set my total at a 9.2 as well. So, looking over and looking Rays run line. 917-918 on the bang board. The New York Yankees hit the road faceoff against the Toronto Blue Jays as Ross Stripling is going to be going for the Jays and Jordan Montgomery is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. This is a game that is presently off the board. Not necessarily sure why it is, but that said, with regards to my handicap, set the Yankees as a minus 144 favorite, and I made my total to wear a 9.5 or less. Going to be taking a look at an over and a 10 or higher to the under. I know that Mark is someone that is liking this total under, especially if we wind up getting a 9 or higher, and the big thing with the Toronto Blue Jays is that this is an offense that has all of a sudden been able to ignite 14 on their last 17 games. They've been able to score at least four runs. And you've got your concerns when it comes to this Blue Jays bullpen as they are right now league average with regards to bullpen ERA. You've actually had a few guys be able to step it up for this team as Yimi Garcia has been able to do a good job being able to lend some innings recently. He's got a 375 ERA overall for the season, but it's been improving for him. Adam Simber right around a 235-ish along David Phelps, Tim Mesa, sub-2 ERA, but you still have your trouble spots like Trevor Richards, Julian Merriweather, 
You're able to throw in there someone like a Jeremy Beasley. All these guys north of a 5-5 ERA for the New York Yankees. They've taken a couple of ailments as well. Earl Shaman. he's currently on the injured list. Miguel Castro, he has started to regress a little bit. He's now posting up right around a 3-7 ERA. You had to give Clark Schmidt a start yesterday, so that is not necessarily too terrific for this team. So they're going to be a little bit depleted with regards to that bullpen, but Jordan Montgomery is a pretty steady Eddie got A 2.70 ERA overall throughout the last few seasons. Home and road splits have been relatively equal. 2.84 road ERA, 2.61 home ERA thus far this season, and he's kept the ball in the yard in both platforms. Six home runs given up in 66 and two-thirds innings. Not a high strikeout guy, right around seven punch shots per nine innings, but opponents are just at 2.23 off of him, and he gives out fewer than two walks per nine innings. And for Ross Stripling, for a guy that is sort of a spot starter, he has been able to do a relatively solid job this season at home, a 2.70 ERA. Has given up just two home runs over the course of 20 innings thus far at home. He's already made a start against the New York Yankees. In that start, he did wind up giving up two runs over the course of four innings, so they needed him to lend a little bit more length, but with that said, he certainly did not wind up lighting things down or anything like that, and you just take a look at the New York Yankees, so it's really hard to keep this offense down. Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo entering into what we wind up seeing on Wednesday. 40 home runs! I mean, the Detroit Tigers in their first 62 games as a collective at 31. That is absolutely insane what we've seen out of them, and a lot of these home runs, they are no longer solo shots because you've got Claybor Torres, DJ Turner up LeMayu, in between about a 250 to a 260, Isaiah Kinnair Falefa, John Carlos San, in between a 265 to a 275, and oh, by the way, John Carlos San, he's getting a home run every like 13 or so at bats. He's been solid now. Joey Gallo, once again, having a not-so-great year for the team, and I know that Yankees fans do not like Aaron Hicks, even though he's got a 345 on base, but with that said, he's been able to give you a little bit of something, and for the Toronto Blue Jays. This has been an offense that has been able to get online. A little bit of a rough day yesterday, but Flagero Jr., 16 bombs. He's got a 353 on base for the team. And you really look at it. Guerrero, Santiago Espanol, throw in there. George Springer, Lourdes Gurriel, all these guys between about a 332 and a 355 on base. Springer has been able to go deep 12 times thus far this season. Boba Shett, he's got 10 bombs. And then Alejandro Kirk. How about him? Don't call my name Alejandro. 400 on base. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team. And Teoscar Hernandez has been able to get online as well. He had a home run yesterday. So I take a look at this spot. Wound up saying the Yankees. Minus 144 on the money line. Plus 125 or greater is what I would need to take them on a run line in. 9.5 or less looking over 10 or higher to the under as we go to 919-920 on the bang board. The Walker Texas Rangers set the road face off against the Detroit Tigers. Tariq Skubal is going to be going for the Tigers and 55 shades of John Gray is going to be on the bump for Texas. Texas is back to being a small favorite. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Meanwhile for Skubal and company, it is going to be anywhere between even money and minus 105 on the Tigers. 7.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110 and set the Tigers more on a minus 134 favorite. So I'm going to take a shot here on Skubal. Now, I mentioned it with the Detroit Tigers entering into what we wanted to see on Wednesday. 31 home runs in 62 games for an offense that has been cataclysmically bad thus far this season. I mean, allow me to run down the list once again because it brings me great joy when I wind up doing so. Spencer Torkelson, Eric Koss, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, all hitting a 210 or lower for this team. Now, you do have Miguel Cabrera sitting right around 295. Victor Reyes has been able to get it online for this team. Errol Castro, he's been hitting nearly 300, but boy, it's not going well for them. They've been able to get Austin Meadows back in the fold, and then you do take a look at the Texas Rangers, and 
Marcus Simeon and Corey Singer are both hitting right around 225. Simeon has really been able to pick it up over the last 30 days. All of his six home runs thus far this season, they have all come within the last 30 days. And in that time span, he's been able to hit nearly a 300. Corey Seager has been a little bit stuck in the mud. He has been able to give the team 13 home runs this season. And to the credit of Adolis Garcia, he's been able to pick it up a little bit as well. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days, hitting nearly a 306 home run. So that has been good. But I do have a couple guys at the bottom of the fold, like Eli White, Brad Miller. They just haven't been able to get online for the team. Jonah Heim, Cole Callum, they're both hitting right around about a 240. So it's been up and down with them now. Both of these bullpens have actually been in the top 10 in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Michael Fulmer has been very good for this Walker Texas Rangers team. Alex Lang is posting up a sub-3 ERA. Will Vest right around a buck 60 ERA. Gregory Soto has been a nasty reliever, sub-2 ERA as well. So you've got a lot of guys that are coming out there slinging. And for the Texas Rangers, you've also got Joe Barlow who's been able to do a relatively solid job out there in the bullpen. Brock Burke has a sub-1 ERA, while Barlow has more like a 3-ish ERA. He's been regressing a little bit. But now you've got Jose LeClerc who's going to be back in the fold for this team. I still remember a few years ago, this guy was nasty. So if they can get anything that is even close to resembling his old form, that is going to be very good for this team. John King, he's been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to hold down the fort as well. But you just take a look at Tariq Skubal, and this guy has been absolutely magnificent. And he's really been doing a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as well as he's giving up right around a half home run per nine innings, four bombs in 69 and two-thirds innings, walks per nine rate that hovers right around about a 1.6. He's getting nearly nine and a half to 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And for John Gray, in his career away from Coors Field, he's got right around a, about a 4.6 ERA. Road ERA thus far this season is a 5.26. Not necessarily giving up the deep ball too much. Five home runs in 52 innings, but walks per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood of about four. He's been able to get some good swings and misses. Opponents are getting a 2.29 off of him. I do think that he's doing for a little bit of positive regression well, he's going up against the Detroit Tigers, so that should be able to help them out a little bit. But with that said, this is a spot at which I do think that it's going to be low score, and I think that the Tigers are going to be able to claw it out. Semi total at 7.1. I'm looking at the under, and with Tariq Skubal, made a minus 134 favorite. So look at Tigers and looking under as we go to 921-922 on the bang board. The Houston Astros are going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox as Lucas Gilito is going to be going for the Southsiders, and Framber Valdez is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves between minus 168 and minus 180. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Southsiders, between plus 145 and plus 160 is your price. 7.5 to 8 is your total. With the 7.5, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8, under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And I'm willing to take a shot here on the Chicago White Sox. I set them at as a plus 141. And the big reason why I'm taking a look at the Chicago White Sox here, they pound left-handed pitching. I have no idea how they wind up having such demonstrative splits when it comes to hitting against lefties versus hitting against righties. But this is a team that when they wind up going up against normal right-handed pitching, they're hitting right in the pocket about a 230. They don't have a lot of power. When they wind up going up against lefties, they're at 296 this season, and they've got 18 home runs and 460 plate appearances. I have no idea how this winds up working, but it does. And Fred Valdez is someone that he's done a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard all season long. Just three home runs and 75 innings. That's a home runs per nine rate of right around 0.4. But that said, he also has a walks per nine rate that is in the neighborhood of about 3.3. Doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. Right around seven punch 
franchise for nine innings. He has been a little bit shaky recently, giving up three plus runs in two out of his last four starts. And you need to take a look at Lucas Giolito. And throughout his career, he's always been a relatively solid road pitcher, 430 road ERA, 338 home ERA. And he has given up seven home runs at 29 and a third innings. That's been a little bit costly for him. Has been giving up right around four-ish blocks per nine innings. So he needs to lock that down a little bit. But this is also a Houston Astros bullpen that they're currently number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And I think that they're going to end the year being very solid. I do think that they're doing for a little bit of negative regression, though. Ryan Stanek, a 0.66 ERA. Seth Martinez has pitched 15 innings, and he has yet to give up an earned run. Rafael Montero was terrible with Seattle last season. He's got right around a 2-ish ERA, so I do think that you're going to see some guys start to give up some runs, and for the Chicago White Sox, you've got Liam Hendricks, and you've got Kendall Graveman, a pair of guys that are a great 8th and ninth inning duo, one of the best that you're going to find out there in all of Major League Baseball. Joe Kelly's not a guy that I necessarily trust, and so that's a little bit of an issue. Isaiah Ruiz has had a little bit of a rough time this season, but Matt Foster has been relatively solid for this team, and you take a look at the Houston Astros, you still have the boom squad for this team, even though nearly two-thirds of their games have wound up going under the total. Jordan Alvarez, he's been able to do a great job right around a four-round base between 17 and 18 home runs. You've also got your fair share of guys that are currently getting on base for the team. Jeremy Pena has been a little bit banged up, but he, you're able to throw in there Michael Brantley and Jose Altuve. All these guys hang at least a 270 for the bunch. As a matter of fact, Brantley, he's up to a right around a 300 with a 384 on base. So he's been impressive there. Kyle Tucker along with Altuve have been able to give you 12 home runs. So these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job, but they've had a little bit of a tough time being able to really get much on the board at home. They've got 28 home runs in 26 home games thus far this season, hitting right around a 242 at home. You take a look at them on the road, and they've actually been able to do a much better job in terms of the deep ball. They're getting right around a home run and a half per game on the road. So I do think that that's interesting to take a look at. I think that Giolito going to be able to come out and do a relatively solid job, and I think that Framber Valdez is going to be giving up quite a few runs here, as this is the White Sox team that they do a tremendous job of being able to hit lefties. Now, you do have your guys that have been problematic for the team. as Monty Grandel currently on the injured list, but Jose Abreu, he's hitting over a 300 over the last three days overall for the season, hanging right around 275. Luis Robert is hitting at 285 along with Andrew Vaughn, so you've got plenty of guys that are able to get on base for this team, even without Tim Anderson. I do think that this is a team that they're going to be able to get to that left-hand pitching, and they're going to be able to do enough to be able to get the job done in this spot. Willing to take north of a plus 140 here with the Chicago White Sox. Also, when it comes to this total, I did wind up making it an 8.7, so here at the 7.5 to 8, looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a shot here on the White Sox. 9.23, 9.24 on the betting board. They did not make my job easy with this one as the Kansas City Royals are on the road facing off against the Oakland A's. Now, according to ESPN, it's going to be Frankie Montas going for the A's and Daniel Lynch going for the Royals. Right now, betting board reads to be determined against to be determined. So we've got no numbers up on this game, but if we do wind up getting Montas and Lynch, so this is subject to some change here, I'd be setting Montas and company a minus 144. These are the two poopiest teams currently in the big leagues as the A's are 22 and 43. The Royals are 21 and 41. So pretty much tied for the worst win percentage out there in the big leagues. But with Montas, even though he's 3 and 6, he has been able to do a relatively solid job for the team, especially at home. He does not deserve his 1 and 5 home record. He's given up a 281 ERA, 6 home runs of 57 and 2 thirds innings surrendered. Opponents are getting a 206 off of him. He's got overall strikeouts per 9 rate that is hovering right in the pocket of about 9.5. So he has been tremendous. And then you take a look at Daniel Lynch, and it looked like things were starting to turn around for him a little bit. And you take a look ever since then. He's given up 4 plus runs in 4 out of his last 5 games. Has been far from terrific. He's given up 5 home runs 
over the course of his last three starts, and the walks are an issue. Multiple walks in four out of his last five starts overall for the season. He's given up right around four walks per nine innings, a 5.50 ERA. Now, he has been able to get some strikeouts right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. That has actually been a little bit better on the road than at home. 4.91 road ERA, 6.20 home ERA, but opponents overall in a 2.82 off of him, and the Royals back him up with a bottom five bullpen in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Taylor Clark as north of a five ERA. You've been able to get nothing whatsoever out of someone like in Adroy's Vizcaino. Daniel Magden, who was pitching in Asia about 24 months ago, he has come back to the big leagues. So that's absolutely tremendous. And as a matter of fact, he is a former Oakland A. And take a look at this Oakland A's bullpen. And you do have a pair of guys. A.J. Puck, Sam Maul, currently posting up sub-2 ERAs. Now, it has went straight down the toilet bowl for some of these guys. You've still got Domingo Acevedo, who's been able to give you right around about a 4-ish ERA. But he's starting to regress a little bit. And the real regression for this team. Boy, it has not went well for Danny Jimenez recently. He's got a 444 ERA overall for the season, but you take a look at it. In his last 10 appearances, 1061 ERA, and in his last four appearances, a 21 ERA. So, boy, oh boy. And you've got an Oakland A team that they are not doing a great job of being able to bat the ball right now. You've really got one consistent player in Christian Bethancourt and sitting above a 255 for this team. Roman Laureano, he's been able to get on base for this team. His on-base percentage is a little bit north of a 300 out of 331, and that is by far the best on the team of anyone with considerable at-bats at this point. You've been able to get a little bit more of the deep ball recently out of Sean Murphy, who's got seven bombs, and Seth Brown has been able to go deep eight times. He's got three home runs over the last 10 days, but certainly, right, lefties, they're not hitting any of them and then with the Kansas City Royals, Bobby Wood Jr. to his credit, he has been able to hit right around about a 280-ish over the last 30 days, so he's been able to pick it up a little bit, Salvador Perez, ever since he's come off the injured list, has looked a little bit better as well, still hitting just a 210 for the season with Merrifield, he's still hitting just a 225, though he's been a little bit better recently, Andrew Benatendi, so hitting a 300, and you have a couple guys towards the bottom of the fold, Michael A. Taylor sitting at 270, you've got Hunter Dozier, who's been able to get on base as well, but certainly it's not been going well for these Royals bats either, I do think that it is going to be a case of which, especially with this being a night game out there in Oakland, where the Marine layer is going to be out, and it's going to be tough for their team to be able to draw across some runs, but I do think that Frankie Montas going to be able to sign me the Kansas City Royals, and I think the A's get just enough offense in this game. Set the Oakland A's, minus 144 on the money line, and 6.5 or less looking over, 7 or higher to the under, set my total at 6.8, 925, 926 on the betting board, the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be playing OC LA Angels. Michael Lorenzen is going to be going for the Angels, and you've got Robbie Ray, who's going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle is finding themselves as a favorite in this spot, anywhere between minus 122 and minus 130. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Angels, it is between plus 110 and plus 127. Half is your total. Over is between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is any between even a minus 110. And when it comes to Robbie Ray, set him as a minus 138 favorite. It is just going all sorts of wrong right now for the LA Angels. Going into their game on Thursday, they had lost 16 out of their last 18. Boy, they cannot get right. And for the Angels, it's just all about how terrible this bullpen is. Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossio Glacius, your 7th through ninth inning guys all have north of a 4 ERA right now. It has been pitiful for this team. Mike Myers, nothing funny about a 540 ERA. I mean, right now, Andrew Wants, who's got like a 3 ERA, has been one of your best relievers along with Jose Quijada. And it's went to that point. I mean, but yeah, the long reliever has actually been able to do a halfway decent job, but that's that you're not getting much out of the team now. I will say, for Michael Lorenzen, he has not been too terrible with this bunch. Six wins thus far this season. He's doing for a little bit of regression, in my opinion. A little bit north of three walks per nine innings. Right around six half strikeouts per nine. He's been very up and down recently. You take a look 
look at his last five starts, he gives up one and zero runs to the Oakland A's, which that's the Oakland A's, gives up three and six and two-thirds innings against Toronto, gets shelved for five runs against Philadelphia, bounces back, nice start, giving up one run against the New York Mets before the bullpen wound up allowing like five runs in that one as well, but do you take a look at these Seattle Mariners and their lineup, and they've got a lot of guys that are able to get on base. Julio Rodriguez is 17 stolen bases, lead the league. He's hitting right around 265. Taylor Drammel has been able to get in that pocket about a 245 to a 250. J.P. Crawford is hitting at 300. Ty France wound up getting a day off yesterday, but he has been hitting well north of a 300 for this team. They're still dealing with Kyle Lewis being in and out of the fold, so that's been a little bit of an issue, but that said, this is a Seattle Mariners bunch that they've also got and Eugenio Suarez going deep 12 times right around a 330 on base for him. And you do have the untrustworthy guys like Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, Cal Raleigh, and you've got that with the Angels as well. With Tyler Wade, Luis Renifo, these guys at the bottom have been tough. But for the Angels, you also do have Taylor Ward and Jared Walsh doing a solid job for the team. Ward, north of a 430 on base, hitting above a 310 home runs, just wanted coming off the injury list, averaging a home run every 14 at-bats. Mike Trout, Joey Otani, a combined 29 bombs out of them. Otani and Walsh both hitting between about a 250 to a 260, throwing their Brandon Marsh as well. And for Jared Walsh, Eleven home runs. So you've got some good bats when it comes to this LA Angels team. And for Robbie Ray, he has been prone to giving up the deep ball this year. I'm not saying anything new. A little bit north of a home run and after nine innings. And the reason why he wanted winning the Cy Young last season is for one, there just wasn't anyone else to really accept the award. And for two, he was able to lessen the walks last season. He's back up a little bit north of three walks per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine rate has been right around one and a half. He just has had one big blow up ending in darn near all of his starts that has wound up derailing it, which is why he's currently sitting here at a 4.52 ERA. I do think that he's going to be able to lock it down a little bit more, but I do think that both of these offenses are going to be able to bust out in this game. So my total at an 8.2. I'm looking over, and with the struggling Angels, made them a plus 138. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 138 here with Seattle. So looking Mariners and looking over. 9.27, 9.28 on the bank board. The Boston Red Sox going to be playing OC St. Louis Cardinals. Wayno Adam Wainwright is going to be going for the cards, and Michael Waka is going to be on the bump for Boston. Boston is between a minus 112 and minus 116 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at St. Louis, they're anywhere between minus 105 and plus 106. 9.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110. And when it comes to the Cardinals, wanted making them a plus 129 underdog. Michael Waka wound up having a complete game, I would say about two or so weeks ago, against the LA Angels that really helped propel him. He's been a little bit up and down since coming off the injury list, but 233 ERA, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. Walks can sometimes be a little bit of an issue, right around 3.2 to 3.3 walks per nine innings, but in his four starts at home this season, small sample size, 0.86 ERA, giving up three runs, two of which were earned in those four starts at opponents. Overall for the season, home and road, hitting a buck 95 off of him. The strikeouts, not necessarily there, right around six strikeouts per nine innings, but he's been terrific, and Adam Wainwright at his advanced age, he's not getting a ton of swings and misses either, more around seven strikeouts per nine innings out of him, but he keeps the ball in yard as well. He's giving up right around .7 home runs per nine innings. Had his walks issues at the beginning of the season, but you take a look at it recently. A combined five walks given up in his last four starts. Has been able to do a nice job of holding down the fort, giving up a combined five runs over the course of his last three starts. And with Wainwright, relatively consistent home to road. 268 home area, three road area opponents overall. They're hitting at 245 off of him, and he's backed up by, in my opinion, the little bit of a better bullpen with the Cardinals. You've been able to have Giovanni Gallegos be able to it in a little bit more recently. Ryan Elsley, a 0-36 ERA. Genesis Cabrera is someone that's able to give you multiple innings on Nick Wicker and TJ McFarland. The veterans have not been great, but the young guns have been terrific. And for the Boston Red Sox, you've got a bullpen that all of a sudden they've been able to find themselves. Tanner Oak is someone that has been able 
able to redefine his role after he was terrible at the beginning of the season. He has really been able to do a nice job being a block down for the team. Austin Davis, he's been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. You've got Enzo Robles, who's back in the fold. Edakazu Sadamona has been relatively consistent. Matt Stram, after he had a bad May, he's had a relatively solid June as well. So it's a Boston Red Sox bullpen that they have now found themselves in the top 12 with regards to ERA. And when the Boston Red Sox, you've got your trio of matchers who have been so great for this team. Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Sander Bogarts. They're all hitting at least a 329 for this bunch. Now, the problem is you've only got one other guy that's hitting above 246 for this team that's seeing meaningful at-bats in Christian Vasquez. So, Jaron Duran might be number two. He wanted getting called back up to the big leagues. He's hitting right around a 300 this far this season. But when it comes to this Boston team, you do have Trevor Story. He's been a little bit better at home this far this season. Nine home runs. You need more than the 218 batting average. He has been in a recent funk. Just two hits over the course of, I believe, his last five games. Out, so it's been a little bit of an issue for this team, but I do think that he'll be able to pick it up a little bit. They've been dealing with an injury to Kike Hernandez, and then for the flip side for the St. Louis Cardinals, this has been one of the better offensive teams in baseball with Paul Goldschmidt, a guy that I feel like really needs some consideration for MVP being the head of the sink. 16 bombs, 56 RBI, hitting a 350. I mean, he has been absolutely magnificent. And then past that, Brendan Donovan is hitting a 340 for this team. The young guys, Juan Yepes, along with Nolan Gorman, they're hitting between a 265 to a 275. So, this has been a team that has really been doing a great job of being able to get the job done. And they're hitting a 252 on the road. The home run power winds up going down a little bit when they do end up hitting the road. But the Cardinals have been able to do a solid job with that regard. But I do think that Michael Walker is going to be able to sign me them a little bit here. So my total at an 8.8. I think that both of these older guys are going to come out strong. And also keep in mind, Michael Waka used to be a St. Louis Cardinal. So a little bit of a wrench here. I'm going to be willing to take the Boston Red Sox. Willing to lay up to a minus 129. And I'm looking under. 929, 930 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins at the road to face off against the Irvins and the Diamondbacks. Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner goes for the Saints. And Devin Smelter is on the bump for Minnesota. Twins are anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Snakes. You're finding them anywhere between plus 110 and plus 119. Nine is their total over and under both at minus 110. And when it comes to the Diamondbacks would need at least a plus 132 to take a shot. So the minus 130-ish that we're seeing with the Minnesota Twins is a max I'm willing to lay but I'm willing to lay it. Now Devin Smeltzer I do think is doing for a little bit of regression. He is very, very much a pitch of contact guy. A guy that's only getting right around four and a half strikeouts per nine innings but he's done a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as He's given up five home runs in 34 innings. His walks per nine rate, that is right around two-ish. Now, once again, strikeouts per nine rate, that is sub four and a half. But that said, he's done a nice job being able to find the zone, being able to keep hitters off guard. And for Madison Bumgarner, he finds a little bit too much of the plate from time to time. He's been giving up right around a home run and a half per nine innings. He, too, doesn't necessarily have great swing and miss stuff at this advanced age. Right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 316 home run area, 382 road area. Adam has been giving up the deep ball pretty much equally as he has been on the road. And take a look at this Arizona Diamondbacks team. You have been able to have a lot of boom with the to this team on the road. At home, they're averaging right around 0.8 home runs per game, which I find to be a little bit befuddling. You take a look at what they've been able to do in Arizona this season, and they're ending as a collective at 210. They've actually been a significantly better offense on the road. Christian Walker, he's got eight on the team's 27 home runs at home this far this season, but he has been nothing to write home about with regards to his batting average. Really, the guys that have been able to do a solid job at home, Quetel Marte, Geraldo Perdomo, along with Alex Thomas, they're only between about a 250 to a 260 at home. You notice guys like Adult 
Marshall overall this season is sitting right around 250. He's sitting just at 225 at home, so that has been an issue for the team. And then take a look at this Minnesota Twins bunch and Byron Buxton. He has been hitting a home run every 10 or so at bats. He's got 18 bombs and 181 at bats. He's only hitting at 227 for the year. Much of that wanted coming due to a May in which he was banged up. He wound up having three hits in a span of, I believe it was 12 games, and now he is fully healthy and he has been able to pick it up. You've got Luis Arias with a 440 on base. He has been tremendous. Gio Rochelle has been able to give you a 265 batting average. Carlos Correa, he's getting on base. He's hitting for a 300 now. Home run power has been a little bit down with him, but for the Minnesota Twins, this has also been a relatively solid bullpen as well. Now, Emilio Pagan, I still have my question marks with him, but overall this season, he's been able to post up right around a 250 ERA along with Johan Duran, who currently leads the big leagues in terms of pitches, thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. We've seen a little bit of regression when it comes to Joe Smith, but even someone like Giovanni Moran, Gerald Cotton, guys with right around 2-ish ERA, they've been able to do a solid job for the team, and then with the Arizona the Diamondbacks, it's a bottom 10 bullpen in terms of the big leagues, in terms of ERA. Now, I will say Joe Manette, typically sub-1 ERA has been absolutely tremendous for the team, and Kyle Nelson has been able to do a solid job as well, but you wind up getting into some of the guys like a J.B. Wendell, Ken, Edwin Yuseta, Caleb Smith, they have not been able to do a good job of folding down the fort. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. Two pitch contact guys, I think, are going to be able to keep the ball in the yards at my total at 8.7. I'm looking under and with the Twins. One to lay up to a minus 132 with them. So look at Twins and looking under. And we wrap things up with 931, 932 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians on the road facing off against the LA Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is going to be going for the Dodgers. And Zach Plesak is on the bump for Cleveland. Total on this game is 8 over and under, both at minus 110. And with the Dodgers, it's anywhere between minus 250 to minus 260 with them seeing a straight minus 245 out there as well. And with the Guardians, in between plus 210 and plus 234 is your price. I was willing to nibble as long as I was able to get $2 on the Guardians. We have certainly gotten that. Zach, please, Zach. Pitch to contact guy, not going to give you a lot of strikeouts, right around six punch outs per nine innings, and has been giving up right around 1.4-ish home runs per nine innings. That is a little bit of an issue, especially on the road, 649 ERA. Four home runs given up in 26 and a third innings with opponents overall getting a 269 off of them, but command is there. Fewer than two walks per nine innings, and Clayton Kershaw on his first start back against the San Francisco Giants. Two runs given up in four innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but Clayton Kershaw has really been wearing down in recent years. 212 ERA overall this year, so when he's been available the pitch this season. It hasn't necessarily been too bad, but you take a look at him in recent years. 355 ERA last season, and you date back to the end of really the 2020 season. He's been giving up pretty much one home run per start since the back half of the 2020 campaign when he's been at home, so that's an issue. And the Dodgers as a whole, they've got an ERA that's a little bit less than a point better on the road than it is at home. Now, you do have Mookie Betts, who has been absolutely tremendous for this team. 17 home runs. He's hitting at 275, so he has been able to rock and roll for them. Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, between a 285 and a 300 as well, but Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy lying at 215 or lower. That's a little bit of an issue. Gavin Lux, 360 on base has been able to bail the team out, and Chris Taylor has been solid when he's been out there, but he's been dealing with some injuries, and then you've got the Cleveland Guardians, who they wind up being able to take quite a few games out there in Colorado earlier this weekend. you got a lot of guys that have just been steady Eddie guys that have been able to get on base, as you've been able to have Owen Miller, Stephen Kwan, Amid Rosario, Richie Poleros, along with Josh Taylor, only between about a 268 to a 285. Miles Straw has been a little bit touch and go for this team, but you've got Jose Ramirez, and this guy is right now leading the league in RBI. 
400 on base. He has went deep 16 times. This team has been able to mix and match even with Framio Reyes being both out of the fold and when he's been in the fold. Not necessarily too terrific. And this is a Guardian team that they've got a top 10 bullpen in terms of ERA as well. Eli Morgan and Sam Entages failed starters have become guys with a sub 250 ERA on Yelde Los Santos has been able to give you some good innings. You've got Emmanuel Classe who has been tremendous out there in the bullpen as well. And then you take a look at this Dodgers team and it's been the under the radar guys have really been able to come through for this bunch as Yancey Almonte has a sub-2 ERA. Broussard Gradrol and Craig Kimbrell, meanwhile, they're both rocking north of four ERAs. Blake Tryon being out of the fold, that has hurt them a little bit. Justin Brule has not necessarily been able to do a lot for this team as well, but I mean, even someone like a Caleb Ferguson who wound up just coming back for this team, he's been solid. Evan Phillips, Reyes Moranta, right around 225 ERA, so the Dodgers have been able to get some good production on the back half, guys, but with that said, I do think that Cleveland being north of a $2 underdog, this is a little bit belittling to them against a guy in Kershaw that you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him in this spot, and I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to put up runs, especially a Guardian team that they are currently number one in the big leagues with regards to fewest strikeouts on a per at-bat basis, so semi-total at 8.7 looking over and looking at a north of $2 price on the Guardians, and that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Bidding Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Big thanks to Mark Zeno for joining me in the last segment. Oh, he does a great job when he's hosting Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday at VEASAN. And if you'd like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is by Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whenever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play the wait is almost over Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.